In today's episode of Trek in Time, we're going to talk about what to do when you've got bombs to explode. That's right, we're talking about Enterprise, Season 3, Episode 18, Azadi Prime. Welcome to Trek in Time. As usual, we're taking a look at Star Trek in chronological order. That means we're taking a look at each and every episode of Star Trek in the order in which they would happen in the Trek verse. So we are currently looking, still early days, at Enterprise. We're in Season 3. We're also taking a look at what the world was like at the time of the original broadcast. So that means we're currently talking about 2004. That's our 2004, not their 2004. Their 2004, which they've been to, is not like our 2004, which we are in. (laughs) No, which we were in, but we're in 2022 now. (laughs) Unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case this is where I am, but not where you are. Let's all take a break and lie down. And now let's get back into it. Who am I? I'm Sean Farrell. I'm a writer. I write some sci-fi. I write some stuff for kids. And with me, as usual, is my brother, Matt. Matt is the guru and inquisitor behind the YouTube channel, Undecided with Matt Farrell. Every week, he takes a look at emerging tech and its impact on our lives. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about you? How's the weekend? So far, so good. We are currently recording a little bit ahead of... Our normal schedule. So by the time this comes out, it will be several weeks away, but we are currently seeing the most recent hurricanes storm moving into the Northeast. And this, of course, is a hurricane that's had tremendous impact here in the US and in the Caribbean. So our thoughts go out to everybody who's been impacted by this storm, and we hope people are making it through well and safe. Before we get into the episode, Matt, we always like to share some viewer comments, and I know you've picked out a couple already. What do you have to share with us? Yeah, from the episode Harbinger, which was our episode 65, uh, Pelgo69 wrote, because we had talked about, made the joke of, why do all the aliens look the same? And his response was, speaking of which, Farscape is available on some free streaming platforms. (laughs) If anyone hasn't watched it, I highly recommend it. Oh, Pale Ghost. Oh, Pale Ghost. Yes. Yes. Yes, Absolutely. it's such, such a good show. Jim Henson puppeteering, some really awesome, you know, alien designs Yeah, uh, that are just really clever. In fact, one of the main aliens is the spaceship itself, which is just absolutely amazing. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant show. show. Yeah. Yeah. The other comment was from uh, Drew Lovely on episode 31. He's gone way back in our episodes. He was talking, it was basically season two, episode seven of Enterprise. And he was, he's clearly working his way through Trek and Time. And he wrote, damn, I'm almost halfway to catching up. I got to slow down. <laughs> I listened to you guys on the commute to and from work. So thank you, Drew. Thank probably, you, Drew. You probably, yes. who knows how long it will take you to get to me commenting on this. <laughs> right. Thanks for watching. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it's good to know. Thank you so much for checking in and letting us know you're enjoying it. I really hope that as people share this with other people. They do you know, the same. That one of the things to remind them is these episodes it you don't have to listen to these in real time if you've got somebody they can start at the beginning it doesn't matter matt and i might be long dead and somebody (laughs) could start watching from the very beginning it won't matter so to listeners in the year 2333 we're glad you're here hope you're enjoying it (laughs) and what's that noise that's i believe matt correct me if i'm wrong is that the read alert I believe it, it is. Sure is. I believe that is the alert that lets us know that Matt is about to tackle the Wikipedia description for this episode. 
This is this is another long one. <laughs> yes, it is. Take a deep okay. breath. It's long, Woo. but I think it's two sentences. I mean, the way these things are written, it's hard to tell. Okay. All right. And I'll just ignore the punctuation as usual, so it doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> Azadi Prime is the 18th episode of the third season of the American science fiction television series Star Trek Enterprise, 70th overall. I love the fact that they're telling us how many total episodes there are. Yes. The episode was written by- And they're also by... doing it ingrammatically, so- Yes. That's fine. The episode was written by Manny Koto. I think that's how you say his name. Mm -hmm. From a story developed by Koto, Rick Berman, and Brendan Braga. It was directed by Alan Croker, his second of the season. Set in the 22nd century, the series follows the adventures of the first Starfleet Starship Enterprise registration NX-01. Mm -hmm. Gotta get that in every description. Mm -hmm. Season three of Enterprise features an ongoing story following an attack on Earth by previously unknown aliens called the Zindi. In this episode, the crew track a Zindi superweapon down to a planet, and Captain Jonathan Archer, Scott Bakula, seeks to destroy the weapon in a suicide attack. He is captured, and the Enterprise is seriously damaged after an attack by four Zindi vessels. Thank you, Wikipedia, for giving the entire episode away. <laughs> I think it's okay for them to give the episode away. I think what's interesting about the synopsis is that <clears throat> It's hitting plot points, but it's not hitting meaning at all. True. Because yeah. Yeah. what they're talking about is, yes, technically these things do happen, but it's not really the gist yeah. of the episode. But luckily yeah. for all of our listeners, Matt, we're here. <laughs> That's right. And we're going to talk <laughs> about all the gists. That's what we do here. We're just central. This is season three, episode 18, as Matt mentioned, directed by Alan Croker. It is originally broadcast on March 3rd, 2004, and it includes some guest appearances such as Matt Winston as Temporal Agent Daniels, once again, a character who, if he had not returned, I would not have missed in the slightest. Mm -hmm. Randy Oglesby is back as Degra, the designer of the Zindi weapon. Scott McDonald is Commander Dolum. Tucker Smallwood is the Zindi primate counselor. Rick Worthy is Jannar, and Christopher Goodman is Thalen. These are Zindi councilmen who are involved in discussions around how important this weapon is and what their ultimate goals are. And as I mentioned before, this episode's <clears throat> original air date was March 3rd, 2004. What was the world like? Well, Matt, I misspoke last episode. This is the final week of The Way You Move by Outcast. <laughs> When I said it last week, I know we all took a moment of silence. We were going to miss this song, but it's back here it for is one again. more week. Here it is. And Matt, we all still do like the way you move. <laughs> and at the movies, the number one movie in the box office this week was The Passion of the Christ, directed by Mel Gibson. It earned $83 million. Wow. And that was after some contentious efforts to keep the movie out of theaters with a stronger rating because of the extreme levels of violence. And eventually theaters relinquished and the movie did come out and it proved to be very, very popular. And to this day is still available in streaming services and is able to be viewed via rentals. And on television on March 3rd, 2004, what was the competition like? Well, my wife and kids had a two-parter, Matt. I know you remember this one. Oh, yeah. Nine million viewers tuned in for my wife and kids on 60 Minutes 2 on CBS. Stories included 
a look at Isaac Mizrahi, the fashion designer, and athletes' suicides linked to steroids. On Fox, that 70s show, and American Idol, we're doing close to 10 and 20 million each. The Apprentice, again, always in repeats, but doing very well in repeats, 6 million viewers. And on UPN, here came Star Trek with 3.8 million. Holding on to its audience, but not growing right. an audience. But nope. And in the news, well, we had a little thing in 2004 that was called the U.S. presidential election. John Kerry had just recently won Super Tuesday, which means the primaries in various states, including California, Connecticut, Georgia, Maryland, Massachusetts, New York, Ohio, Rhode Island, caucuses in Minnesota, and it meant that John Kerry was clinching the nomination. Howard Dean won Vermont, but effectively this marked the end of his campaign. John Edwards decided to withdraw <laughs> the long running future for them would include Howard Dean would become the head of the democratic party, Jen Edwards, his career would crash as marital affairs, extramarital affairs were discovered. John Kerry would go on to lose the presidential election in 2004, but he would serve in later presidential secretary positions. Also in the news, there were plans being brewed at NASA to eventually explore Mars. There was going to be the Mars rover opportunity would be landed in an area where they believed that liquid water once drenched the surface. Opportunity would, of course, land. And since then, they have proven their theory. There was and is water on Mars. So on to today's episode, Azadi Prime, which is the location of the weapons development station where the Zindi have been constructing their weapon. This is the episode which the entire season has been heading toward. And Matt, big picture thinking, what did you think? How did this episode land with you? Overall, I liked it. I thought it did a good job of setting up, I mean, paying off what they had set up before. And this is part part one of a two-parter. And the way it has the cliffhanger, I thought it was a good cliffhanger for leading into episode two two of this I, I liked it i thought it was pretty good there mm. were aspects didn't like but we can get into the details later but mm. overall i liked it how about you for me i thought that this is one of those episodes where the parts of it that i like i really like and the parts of it i didn't like i really don't like yeah there yeah. was for the amount of time and you and i this is a refrain from us sometimes episodes will have moments that tread water that could have been used better to develop some part of the story in a given episode that wasn't as explored as it could have been. The same is true season wide. There's a certain amount of treading of water that might have been better served doing something different. This episode, I felt like it yada, yada, yada as its way through the motives of the true big bad, which it turns out are these transdimensional aliens that have built the spheres that are changing space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is far too much hand-waving of, yes, we got these, these people doing this bad thing, where we've had episodes during the season which felt maybe not as connected to the main storyline, a little uneven at times, and I felt like they could have done more to develop that, like, a sense of who these people are and a motive that the Enterprise crew could understand a little bit better 
give us some more meat on that bone so that by the time we get here, we don't need the Daniels once again taking Archer to an alternate to a future to show him something when ultimately what he shows him, he doesn't show him anything. No. He shows him, he takes him to well, a place. Well, no, he shows he shows him a battle where the Zindi and the are part of the Federation. That's basically all he's showing him. He doesn't even fight. show him that though. He shows him a future enterprise and says there are Zindi on this crew and they are we are all fighting. The Federation is fighting this transdimensional invasion. Yeah. But ultimately that doesn't change what Archer and his crew were already trying to do. It's like, I'm going to try and convince you to do a thing you're already doing. He could have just shown up and said, look, you need to know that the Zindi are not your real enemy. And Archer would have been like, yeah, I know there's this transdimensional species. Archer already knows about the transdimensional nefarious machinations. So Daniel shows up and could have just given him the coin. Like there's a bunch of like, it feels a bit like smoke and mirrors in that regard, like takes him to this far future so that it feels a little bit like fan service. Ooh, look at enterprise J we're not given anything really cool to see about the enterprise J we're shown on the wall as a painting. We're supposed to ostensibly like, okay, I, that's, I disagree. That's the I ship. I disagree with this because he's showing them a battle and says, this battle's a turning point. He's basically saying this battle we help is we're pushing them back. And it's the Zindi are part of the Federation. He's explaining to them why the, why the sphere builders are trying to drive a wedge between the Zindi and humans, because they're going to lose this battle, which is why they're doing what they're doing. Oh, so I it's like, I disagree there. They're, they're setting up the motivation and oh, they're explaining that. why he's showing them what he's showing them. Oh, I understand that. What I'm saying is like that scene in and of itself doesn't actually do anything other than give us a moment for Daniels to talk mm -hmm. that same conversation could have taken place in the captain's quarters. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like I, I was like, just disagreeing with you. Like all the information that was given was good information, but I agree with you. It didn't have to happen on the enterprise J. It didn't have to have to happen. It didn't have to happen. And my, my yeah. point is that information could have been mm -hmm. built up in a previous episode. It could have, because at this point in the story, what Daniels does in this moment doesn't actually persuade Archer to do anything. It doesn't change what is happening in, in Archer's thinking. So it's mm -hmm. effectively it's only purpose is to give him a coin that he then uses when things go south. So that could have been built into a different part of the storyline. And I also would have appreciated this is now, I forget how many times now Daniels has shown up and said, you're misinterpreting your timeline. You're misinterpreting what's happening. And it feels so deus ex machina to come in again and say how important it is that you survive and how important it is the Federation become. And I feel like one more time, like, like I, I wish this was less about Daniels providing that perspective and more about mm -hmm. Archer and his crew. They could have all they in large part already do know about the transdimensional aliens, the fact that they are changing space. And I wish it was a little bit more Archer on his own saying like, look, I know about all of this. Like, give me proof. If it had been, if it had been Archer looking to Daniels and saying like, can you give me proof? 
some kind of evidence because I think these guys are time travelers. Mm-hmm. That would have felt more organic than this, which felt completely like we need to move the story forward. We need to clarify for the audience what's happening. It felt like they were yep. talking to us and not talking to each other. And I didn't really like those aspects. Having said all of that, the military machinations of all this hiding behind a moon, the space station coming as the moon yeah. rotates, they yeah. aren't aware it's there. And then it's clearly seeing them and they have to destroy it. The, the sneaking in with the Zindi ship. I like the fact that they sneak in with the Zindi shuttle. I didn't like the fact that it literally looks like they're lifting from their own previous episodes. This is the second time now that trip and Travis have had to figure out how to fly an alien vessel. Yes. And I'm sitting yes. there like, why are they spending five minutes on this again like when we've had flashbacks this to the Suliban. It was yeah. like, it we, was we, we've like done this that. before. Yeah. This exact same thing. Yeah. It's like, you just like wash, rinse, repeat. You just change names in the script and plugged it back in. I and it literally is. That. I mean, it's like the, yeah. it's, it's Daniels doesn't use, thank God, the phrasing temporal cold war again, but that is exactly what is happening. It is time travelers from the future have convinced somebody in the past that something is a threat to them so that they will act out on their behalf. We haven't seen the big bad yet. So we're seeing the Zindi and like plot points are literally repeating themselves. And I found myself thinking like they didn't see this. Like I really like give us Travis saying like I can fly that shuttle fine. We don't need a five minute sequence of him figuring out how difficult it is to fly it. They have, they have a sequence later where he teaches the captain and they have what could have been in the entire episode, which was the captain saying, this is probably designed for somebody with multifaceted eyes, compound eyes, compound eyes. So it's like, yeah, it's difficult to fly because it's not built for humans. We get that. So it's like save some of the time so that you end up with more opportunity to explore the things that really matter, which the things in here that I felt really deeply mattered were Archer's willingness to sacrifice himself, explore that, you know, in some deeper meaningful ways, I would have appreciated more opportunity for him with a few more members of the crew to Paul's sense of loss. Okay. is something that. that is not well rendered in this. It no, felt like that's... it was very poorly envisioned as to how she would carry out a sense of mourning over the captain's the, actions. There, there, there's so, there's so much about that specific aspect that you're, you're complaining about the, um, the whole learning how to fly the shuttle, all that stuff for me was not the my least favorite part of the show. My least favorite part of the show was to Paul's reaction and how it became so unhinged by the end. It was, there's something else going on here, but they aren't even touching as to what's going on. This is not just her grieving the captain. It can't, it can't this has got to be something more, but it's not well, like you said, not well rendered. It's not her fault for her performance. It was just, it felt like it went from zero to 11 like yeah. at the drop of a hat and it was like what the hell's going on here we've never seen anything that has done this to her before and there's no explanation as to why there's no way this is just the captain and if this is just the captain sacrificing himself what the hell it's like they've never set anything up like this in previous episodes so it, it just felt really off to me like somebody hitting a wrong key on a keyboard as they're as you're playing yeah uh the other aspect of 
the it's like the the parts that I thought were really well done were the captain when he was captured. There was a little bit of a there are four lights episode to it where he's captured and hung up. Mm-hmm. I thought they could have spent more time there, like you're saying, less time learning how to fly, more time of him basically being tortured, talking to the different Zindi, and him tr- basically trying to talk himself out of the situation and convince people to help him. Mm-hmm. That was like, for me, the f- my favorite part of the episode was him slowly turning the Zindi into working with him to try to get him out of there, yeah. to help them understand this is not what you think. I thought that was the most fascinating part, and they didn't spend as much time and effort on that as they probably could yeah. have. I agree. I think if they had shrunk some of the wasted time in like yeah. flying the ship and stuff like that, the things I would have loved to have seen in the interrogation sequence, if Archer had held on to like held on to certain information until there were enough people in the room and then to drop things like you reptilians who've been traveling through time to try and drop bioweapons into earth's past, say that in a crowded room to see the reaction between the, between this, this, you know, the, the other versions of the Zindi looking at the reptilians and saying like, we agreed there would be no bioweapons. We would not be using that because the, because of whatever reasons they have for avoiding that. Like, have that moment happen there. I would have adored if there were an insectoid in the room and having Archer turn and say, did you find the hatchery that's on that planet? And giving yeah. them directions to it and have the insectoids later on quietly say to somebody else, we did find that ship. We wondered who had helped it. And now we know it's them like show the splintering in more depth in that way. Yep. It, and it seems like yep. they took, they, instead of envisioning like, Oh, the heart of the show is about showing the Zindi splintering. You know, the captain has been told the Federation is what's important. And the Federation of course is about unification showing the Zindi splintering the entire point of star trek is we're stronger together than we are apart mm-hmm. so here it is in a demonstration in both directions if humanity can keep things together and go in the right direction mm-hmm. everybody will become stronger as a result if the zindi could only stay unified and they can't they're gonna they're gonna become weaker as they yep. as they splinter but we don't get enough of that in this episode too much time is spent with well what's this lever do in the shuttle Let's try this. I, there's literally a line of like, we'll try hitting that switch again. Like try, try hitting what? that switch again. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a line of dialogue that you thought was worth the time to share with us. Sequences where special effects are used in this. There's some really cool space battles. There's some neat stuff underwater. I thought it was really mm-hmm. interesting how they had dropped in the previous episode. The structure of this vessel is intense. Like it could fly through a star. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, well, we got to go underwater. So you end up with some neat underwater sequences, the size of the ship that, or the weapon, I mean, that has been built is so large, it's death star like, and they're able to fly into it. Things like that, that were well rendered and time well spent. And even the space battle that's supposed to be in the future. I enjoyed the sci-fi action-y aspects of all of that. Yep. But the one that really just hammers everything home is the final sequence is showing the enterprise getting the snot knocked out of it. 
It's getting pummeled. It's getting pummeled, including a, yeah. a, a tragic sequence where there's a hole in the side of the ship and you see little bodies, uh, bodies fly out of the hole. And all of that is just like gripping sci-fi action. I just wish there had been more tied to it around the there are four lights like moments that you have going on and especially considering bacula in that scene where he's getting beaten and he's so sarcastic and he is it's great he is he (laughs) is clearly it everybody in that room knows who's in command in that room it's him he's tied to the ceiling he's getting beaten left and right but it doesn't matter he doesn't care as far as he's concerned it's just his job's done his job is done (laughs) And the introduction of Degra into that sequence where sharing of personal information has, is the key to getting in. And it begins to make Degra question, like what kind of people are we actually talking about here? What are we looking at? There were so many opportunities to do that with more than just Degra. It could have been, there's the previous episode where Archer made friends with the head of the mining colony that's producing part of what goes into the weapon. Why isn't he bringing up discussions around like I've met your people before to another component of the same species? He could be saying that's what I'm getting. getting I've met your people before and I know them to be honorable. I know them to be good and hardworking and trustworthy. And I don't understand why we can't build bridges here. Like that's exactly that. what I was getting at. Yeah. That whole, that whole, the four, four lights sequence could have been blown out. And I liked your, your explanation of your idea of have more people in the room when he's dropping some of these knowledge bombs, Yeah, like show him actively like driving wedges between the groups to, to deliberately start to splinter them, to make them start questioning yeah. what they're doing. It would have been far more like, I don't know, very Star Trekky and engaging yeah. to have that happening while there's these crazy bat space battles happening elsewhere. Yeah. It's like, it would have been, I think a riveting episode jumping back and forth between two, those two sequences yeah. more than, and then it did. would have led directly into what does happen, which is effectively the ret- reptilians have a quiet coup. They just pull their yep. weapons and they're like everybody out. Like you could have had that same end to a scene where all the other species could be looking at one another and saying, are the reptilians doing stuff behind our backs? And have it blow up with the reptilians finally saying like, we're done, everybody out, pulling out the weapons and ending the discussion the way they did. Yep. So it sounds a little bit like Matt and I are slapping this episode around a bit, but I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> I, like, liked, I liked it I mean, too. It's, it's, it sounds like we are taking yeah. a giant steaming dump, but, but I'm not. Yeah. It's like I'm, we're, I'm nitpicking. Yeah. But in general, I enjoyed this episode. And I haven't watched the second part, but it's like, I'm really looking forward to doing it yeah. because it's, it's, it's very exciting. It's yeah. like, it's a really good cliffhanger. It reminds me of the cliffhanger from next generation of, you know, the, the Borg sequence where Riker's having to shoot on the captain yeah. in the Borg ship. It's like the enterprise looks like it's about to blow up. So it's kind of like really exciting cliffhanger that they dropped. Yeah, I absolutely. And like I mentioned in our previous episode, this watch through is my second watch through since the original broadcast and so many of these episodes, I don't recall the details of them and some of the aspects of this, as I was, as it was coming to the cliffhanger ending, I could tell a cliffhanger was coming, but I was like, this isn't the season finale. I really was kind of like stunned. This feels (laughs) like a season ender as opposed to it's 
we're just past the midpoint. And I really was impressed by the drive that it gave me to say like, maybe I should watch the next episode right now. So yeah, I think from that perspective, I think this is a strong episode. It is very gripping. I just like we mentioned during our discussion, a little too much repetition and not enough Mm -hmm. of the new. So that's where I land. So listeners, do you agree? Do you wish there had been more new ground broken? Or do you think that what was there was, was plenty to keep you hooked? Let us know in the comments. And next time that we visit enterprise, we're going to be visiting the episode damage. And I don't think it's any spoiler to say damage is going to be what they're finding aboard the enterprise because who boy, <laughs> it's got some holes blown right through it. Before we sign off, Matt, is there anything you want to remind our listeners about? Uh, it's hard because it's, we're recording this ahead of time, but like at the time this episode comes out, just stay tuned. Cause I'm going to have more videos on my building my house talking to new companies that are trying to revolutionize how we mine things like lithium uh, with nanotechnology. It's really cool. So there's a whole bunch of different topics that it, that could be out around the time that this video comes out. So check it out. As for me, please check out my website, seanferrell.com or ask for my books at your local bookstore. Look for them at Amazon or your public library. You should be able to find them anywhere. And if you'd like to support the show, please consider reviewing us on Apple Spotify, Google, wherever it was you found the podcast, go back there, leave a review. Don't forget to share us with your friends. All of that really does help. And if you'd like to really directly support us, you can go to trekintime.show, click on the become a supporter button, which allows you to throw coins at our heads. We appreciate the bruises. And when you throw those coins and we get those bruises, it means you're an ensign. And when you're an ensign, you'll automatically be enrolled in getting out of time, our spinoff show, which we talk about anything that doesn't make it into this program which includes not only star trek but star wars other sci-fi horror fantasy or whatever catches our eye we hope we hope you'll check it out all of that really does help support the show thank you so much for listening or watching and we'll talk to you next time